Hey guys, this is Daniel White, your host of the Free Pizza Podcast. And today's guest is Art Davidson, a photographer. Enjoy. Chilling, man. Chilling, hanging out. Sunday morning, good people. <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, but I'm I'm so stoked we got this interview because I think we've been trying to do it forever, and it's finally happening. And you're definitely somebody I wanted to interview for a long time. Yeah, we're just busy people, man. Busy yeah. people, hard to arrange schedules sometimes. It's true. And you just came back to Greensboro not so long ago, so this is pretty much perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just came back from Winston. Been living there for a couple of years. Yeah, and it's been really nice being back. Actually, Me- sure. meeting some old friends and making new connections and trying yeah. to branch out in Greensboro like never before. That's good. And cool. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit as we go through your kind of life story. Um, but let's go back uh, to, I guess, back when you were born and stuff. So where were you born? And tell us about kind of your upbringing. Yeah. So I was born in Moscow, Russia. Okay. Um, my mom was a ballerina over there. And we lived together there until I was three. And then she remarried. Okay. And when she remarried, she came over to the States with yeah. my current dad who's like my real dad to me yeah, you know because i was three yeah and so um i was in russia for like a year with my grandparents and then i moved over to the states because immigration is really hard in this country oh yeah <laughs> it's really really <laughs> difficult to immigrate even if you're a little child right because there's so many requirements and sanctions that you have to have oh my gosh and um it was like a really hard fought battle just to get me in this country yeah and so that happened when i was four okay. and then i moved over here and um, my mom opened up a dance studio eventually. Yeah. Yep, and yep. I um, was kind of like the only guy that would dance in the area, really, just because my mom was a dancer. So I was like, all right, I'll do this for you. And she always needed guys in the company. And so <laughs> that's kind of how I got into dance. And that was a really big, big part of my life. Right. And I lived in Greensboro until I was 18. And then I went to school of the arts in Winston. Okay. Perfect. And that's kind of where, like, dance broadened out and made a lot of really good connections with a lot of artists and I learned a lot about myself there and then I came back to Greensboro and kind of reevaluated everything right and so long story short I found photography through a dance for film class at UNCG oh wow and I absolutely hated UNCG okay. like I had the Fair worst enough. experience there okay um and but it was a personal problem yeah. more than anything and so I learned a lot about myself at UNCG and then the dance for film class opened me up to the world of photography. Okay. And I started doing projects on my own more and more. And then I realized it's the creative passion that I loved the most. Yeah. Because it gave me kind of a freedom to create in ways that I hadn't had from dance. Okay. And that taught me a lot of things about myself that I really needed to learn at that time. Right. So it was really a tremendous like experience for me to learn that. But also to be like really having a hard time at UNCG simultaneously. That's so wild. photography was like an outlet for that. For sure. And it was really nice to escape through that. Um, so, yeah, that's basically like long story short. Well, that's <laughs> cool. Oh, I want to jump back on the dancing a little bit more. So mm-hmm. back when you were growing up, middle school, elementary school, high school, whatever, um, were you dancing and everything back then as well? Yeah, I started dancing. I lived in a dance right. studio. That's what, yeah, you know, like sure. My mom was literally teaching when she was pregnant with me. And right. then... Um, I would like stay at all of her classes and sit down and draw underneath a desk 
and watch dance class. Right. The first album I ever knew was Nutcracker, Tchaikovsky. Yo, that's tight. <laughs> that was like the first music I could ever recognize and right. like talk about. Um, so like my whole life was basically based around the dance world and sure. I did every aspect of it. Um, I danced in ballet starting out because that's what my mom taught. Right. And then I did contemporary and hip hop and then jazz and things like that, tap along the way. Oh and then I did tech theater because she would have these shows and I would watch her as a director and a choreographer and I would kind of develop my eye through that for right. what she was doing. And then also tech theater was a huge part of the shows. And I helped out tremendously on that too, like back backstage, cleaning things up, getting things together, moving things in, striking things out. It just, there was so many aspects of it that I learned that I utilize now through photography right. and it's been so beneficial to me. So like my dance education was pretty much my whole life. Right. Um, and then when I was in high school, I went to governor school Okay. and I went to governor school for dance, which was like that summer program. Right. Probably the best thing I ever did for myself, arguably. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a environment where I was surrounded for six weeks by incredibly intelligent people mm -hmm. that are all creative and there to work and learn about themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's no grades, like there's no system put on to say like this person's better than the other. Mm -hmm. And we had like philosophy classes and talked about Socrates and like life and Yo, all the important okay. deep things <laughs> that you need to talk about. And so that was really beneficial. But more than anything, governor school gave me confidence. Right. And that was huge because I was coming from Greensboro Day, where the most important yeah. thing is athletics yes, and sure. being a rich kid. And that's like a weird stigma to have on yourself, which my family was never super wealthy or anything like right. that. Both my parents are teachers. So yeah. Kind of, kind <laughs> of rough Carolina, to have. So. <laughs> yeah, strike gold with that one. Yeah. But um, yeah, so governor school kind of changed everything for me. And I was the only male dancer there too. So that's I was crazy. like having a really good time, bebopping around. Everybody yeah. knew me, which was really nice. And then I came back to Greensboro Day after that, after that summer, and I just reevaluated everything and said, I want to dance. I want to be a professional dancer. Okay. And that's what led me to School of the Arts. That's and that was perfect. really huge. But also with dance, there was like a lot of stigmas. Right. And it was really difficult at times growing up, especially in middle school. Uh -huh. Those are really hard years to be a male dancer. And, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, in this society and culture. Which I think that it's really ridiculous because the education that I got from dance and the benefits I got from it are tremendous. And if people could just put aside the whole like feminine aspect of dance um, and understand what it is, like lifting beautiful women above your head, there's yeah. nothing like there's nothing feminine like, about, about that. that. Yeah. It's pretty masculine. And so growing up with that stigma was always weird to me. I didn't understand it. Right. Because in other cultures, like for example, Russia. Uh -huh. It's incredibly – you're like an athlete basically if you're a dancer. Right. And it's a, it's a touted position in their society. And so I didn't really get why people didn't like that here mm -hmm. or why like I would get bullied for that. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense of how – and that's, that's a culture difference. Yeah, huge culture difference. And I bet that was very – because obviously, obviously that, was, that was the norm. You come in here, it's like, why is this so weird? So that's, that's, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, and well, just from like crazy. my mother's teachings yeah. and then seeing how people react here was very different. Like if you weren't good at soccer or basketball in middle school or high school, you really weren't important. You were just kind of a whatever yeah. kid. But GDS has an incredible theater program too. Right. And I learned a lot from the theater program, which I did in high school. And um, I had really great directors and teachers that taught me a lot about art and like being accepted as an artist yeah. in a society that would rather push you down. Mm -hmm. And 
that was a really good learning experience, and I wouldn't have gotten that anywhere else, honestly. Gotcha. You know, like, if I went to Weaver, I would have been immersed in art. Yep. Whereas at GDS, I had to, like, fight to be immersed in art. Right. And that is a really good lesson for a young artist. That is perfect. I had no clue that you... Wow, that's insane. This turned into, like, a, a performing arts slash photography yeah. interview, which is perfectly fine. It makes yeah. sense. That's probably helped a lot of your style of knowing dance. Oh, tremendously. Yes. Um, dance is a language of movement. Right. And that language has nuances that you won't understand if you haven't done it yourself. Right. And so getting that education in that language is really important for people who want to utilize dance as an element in their creative work. Right. If I want to photograph dance my entire life, I have to know how to talk to a dancer, what words to say, how to direct them properly, and how to utilize the shapes of their body properly. Mm -hmm. Because there's pictures out there of dancers that are like halfway in between a move, basically, right? Mm -hmm. And those are the pictures that look like they're doing something lazy, when in reality, they just didn't catch the right moment, because they didn't know it was the right moment, because they never studied in it. And so that's one of those things, like, if you really want to... If you really want to get good at shooting a certain creative field and understanding that in photography, you have to educate yourself on it. Right. Like you have to go delve deep into it, read books, watch videos, talk oh, yeah. to people, For sure. For take sure. class. Sure. Like all of those things are so important if you want to utilize that in your work. Yeah. And I was blessed to have that my entire life and then transition into photography and utilize all those tools in my photography. That is oh, perfect. So going, that's a great segue. So in your film and dance class is where you kind of like got the issue of photography. So what yeah. about that got you interested in photography? What about that class? Well, so that class was kind of based around watching dance films okay. and then making short dance films yourself, basically, oh, with okay, little cool. prompts. And I was shooting on my iPhone and right. I was conceptualizing these dance films that my teacher thought were great. And I was getting praise in my dance classes but it wasn't the same as this teacher who was just there for me. Her name's Robin G, mm-hmm. incredible professor at UNCG, mm-hmm. probably like one of my favorite people. And Robin um, really told me a lot about myself because she complimented things that I didn't really hear before mm-hmm. about myself. And it was really beneficial for me to hear that at that time because I was in like a really low self-confidence place. Right. And um, so what happened was I bought myself a camera after that. Okay. And it was a D3200, a okay. Nikon D3200 with a kit lens, the 18 and 55. Oh, yeah. And I just kind of walked around and I started filming things, like okay. little short clips, or I would start photographing things that I thought were interesting, little compositions here and there, and little movements in life. I remember I walked around with an onion, just a red onion, on a snow day, <laughs> and just photographed it in different spots. And I was like, this is so much fun. And I bet everybody that saw me thought I was the weirdest person yeah, ever. What is he doing? Literally by myself, carrying a red onion in the snow, photographing it. But I had the most fun I've had in like years yeah. in that moment. And so that's when I really started to realize that I could utilize this tool as a creative outlet for self-confidence and also to um, kind of combine all the artistic fields that I had before, wow. including dance. And so all these dance films that I was make- were making were like semi-mediocre, but they got me out there. Right. And that's the most important the part. Most, it's when just you like out. getting up, going out, and trying it, and messing up. Right. I messed oh, up so much. Oh, oh gosh, God. Yeah. The amount of times I've messed up in still photography, up. <laughs> it's crazy. I still mess up every day. Um, <laughs> just today, I had a wedding client texting me about their photos. I'm like, I'm getting to it. I'm sorry. Like, 
800 photos takes a long time to edit. Surprise, surprise. But it's just one of those things that I put a lot of expectations on myself and then I mess up. Right. And I have have to get used to that. And it's really hard. It's also hard to get over self-doubt. That's one of the biggest things. Yes, it's a huge obstacle. Yeah. Yes. I've... Every artist talk that I've gone to in the past couple years, my number one question to them is, how do you get over self-doubt or how do you utilize it for your work? And almost all of them say that they outsource it into their friends or their fellow employers and – or they um, accept it. They just accept that it's going to be there and they accept that it's its own entity and that they're okay with it being there. And that's just – Really yeah, wild to me to accept self doubt. So I'm just yeah. taking my time trying to figure that one out. Yeah, I think basically. in a way you can use self doubt as kind of fuel in a sense, because um, that's a huge thing. I think people who have been doing it for freaking years probably still have a little this little injury. It's like, man, I don't know <laughs> if I can do this. Yeah, you know, but that's it's a lot. That's not, that's a also a great question to ask. I've never thought about that. Oh, self doubt. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my favorite question because you can learn so much about a person. Because right. if someone says oh, I utilize my friends to help me get over it, then that says so much about their character and who yeah. they are as a person, that they have great friends that they can trust. Yeah. And that's huge. Or if they say, I utilize it for my work and internalize it as a creative inspiration, that tells you so much about themselves. They're an introvert, but they're capable of utilizing something that's typically detrimental to help themselves. That is perfect. I'm gonna, I am gonna. love that. That's an insane That's an insane thing. Cool. So let's start about, let's talk about um, RCC. Yeah. Um, obviously you went there right after UNCG, correct? Um, I actually took a year off of school entirely, which was also another great thing that I did for myself. Um, mental health wise, it's good to just kind of evaluate every now and then Mm -hmm. and just think about where you want to be and how you want to get there. And so I knew I wanted to do photography, but I had no idea where to go. Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't want to stay at UNCG. Okay. And... So I left kind of like the bad environment that I was in and went to um, went to this ballroom studio, mm-hmm. Fred Astaire, here in town. And I taught ballroom dance for a year. Ooh, nice. And that was a really interesting experience. I learned a lot about, um, obviously, ballroom dance yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the field of ballroom dance itself. But it was kind of like a business experience more than anything. Yeah. Because as a teacher there, you're kind of uh, a salesman. And you're selling these packages to people who are really benefiting from these packages. And you have to really believe that in order right. to sell them because they're not cheap. And that was a hard thing for me to get over is the idea that they're not that cheap. And I'm essentially selling my time to these people. Mm-hmm. And, am I worth it? Yeah. Whole other self-doubt thing yeah. creeping in there. And so I spent a year doing that and it was a really interesting experience. And then during that year, I was also working at Iron Hen on the yeah. weekends. Oh, That's, wow the restaurant that I was working at for a couple of years or so. And there's a photographer there that photographs all their stuff and has a house account. His name's Joey Sewell. And him and his wife and kids would come in all the time and they're great people. I would always just talk to them. And then I found out he was the photographer and talked to him about photography a lot. Mm -hmm. And he was pointing me towards RCC because that's where he went to school. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. I've never heard of that place. I'll have to check it out. And I looked into it and they, they were things that were saying it was like the best photo school in, uh, you know, the South and all yep. this stuff. And I was like, it's a little community college. Like how good of a photo <laughs> yeah. school can it be? 
And so I was looking at the alum and all their work, and I was blown away, just blown away. I was like, wow, these are incredible professionals in their field, and they went to a little community college in Asheboro, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so I went on a tour and saw the facility and fell in love. I mean, walking around there, you just see a facility for professionals, Mm -hmm. and it's a place where you want to be because you know you can learn. Like, as soon as you walk in, you're like, wow, there's so much for me to learn that I didn't know I had to learn. (laughs) And so that was a really cool experience for me. Um, And then I got in, obviously, community college, can't really not get in, but um, started going there, and the first semester, you only shoot on film. So we shot medium format, and we had uh, our... Dean processed the film for us, and oh, then really? we would print all of it. Oh, nice! Yeah, on in enlargers in the dark room and everything, and that was a cool experience to kind of slow down a bit because mm-hmm. I was so used to yep. you know on my digital camera. Yep. Whereas with film, it's like, all right, wait a second, I don't know if that looked right. Let me <laughs> meter the exposure. <laughs> Let me do this again, and and then wait a day for the film to get processed, and then sit in the dark room for hours just getting prints right. So that was a really good experience to slow down, and mm-hmm. that's something that RCC grants everybody, right. which is a huge learning experience for anyone. Because the thing is with RCC is there's people that have been like semi-professionals or have BFAs in photography mm-hmm. that go there, and then there's people who haven't touched a computer before. Oh, wow. And so the array of levels in the classes really kind of makes everybody slow down, mm-hmm. but also humbles people. Yeah. And I was one of those people that got humbled because I was like, oh, I know everything, yep. you know, like I'm great at photography. I'll do great here. Yeah. I walk in there and then there's other people that are better than me. Yeah. And there's other Naturally. people that have BFAs that have done four years of serious photography. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been bebopping by myself for two years <laughs> reading books and doing my thing. So I guess I'm a little behind. Yeah. And that was a really, really good learning experience for me. Um, more than anything at RCC, I think that really humbled me the most. That was awesome. But um, yeah, learning the fundamentals there and relearning yeah. them and kind of working on them was really good. And then through RCC, in your first year, it gets more and more rigorous mm-hmm. with the um, assignments. And so it became more and more difficult. And that was good for some people and not great for others. I've heard that it really it weeds a lot of people out. Yeah. So those people that haven't touched a computer before yeah. have a really hard time in the second semester where right. all we're doing is touching computers. Yeah. So um, it was one of those things that those people got weeded out really quickly, but also some of them didn't. Yeah. And that was a frustration for a lot of people. Right. Um, so that can be difficult at times is when... You're in a class and you know you could be learning more material mm-hmm. if that person didn't ask a question every five seconds. Gotcha. Yep. You know, yep. like control, like, delete, <laughs> like things like that, or like the that. escape <laughs> button um, or like how to open a folder. Right. Little, little teeny tiny things that take Makes five seconds to just, just like, like uh, okay, how about you research by yourself at home or something? But yeah. no, they're going to take class time. Right. And then you feel like, oh, I'm paying for this. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But then... That hump kind of gets taken over after that spring semester because a lot of people don't pass a lot of the classes when they right. don't put the work in, basically. Mm-hmm. you got to put the work in yeah. at RCC. And what you put in is what you get out, right. no matter what. Um, so I've benefited tremendously from that place, and I love all of my instructors whole, wholeheartedly. Um, 
I didn't like the printing instructor. He was an asshole. <laughs> he was named dude, dude is an asshole. Um, if he listens to this, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yes. He was the he was the worst. Um, he was just like acting like a child, a grown yeah. adult acting like a child, basically, That's and annoying. like targeting me. He he made a quiz, and like essentially made a pop quiz to target me in class. Because, target you. Yeah. Long story short. He, he was just messing around, and then class had started 20 minutes in, yeah. right? I asked him when, cl- when we were going to start class. We were all just sitting at our desks. Oh, he, 20 minutes into the class? Into now? the class. We were all sitting, and he was just talking to these two girls in the front. And I was like, dude, everybody was looking around confused. And I finally asked him, and then he got really upset. Class starts when the teacher says so, like starts doing that. Comes oh, into the next my. class with um, a quiz about when class is supposed to start. And what I'm supposed to be doing during class. It's so passive. That's hilarious. I I was photoshopping um, Donald Trump's face into grapes and different fruits in class because I was so (laughs) bored. And he saw that and got really upset about it and made made that part of the quiz. He was like, should I be photoshopping Donald Trump's face into fruit? That was one of the questions. Like, how petty is that? Like, a grown man, you can't talk to me to my face, but you make a pop quiz for the entire class to take. That is fucking stupid. Yeah, so fuck you, man. <laughs> but other than that. Yeah, other than that, that, RCC was awesome. And yeah. he was an interim instructor. That's right. why he sucked. Oh, okay. You know, so he not, was... he's not even full-time. Yeah. Yeah, that's another reason you suck. Um, <laughs> I love this. This is great. <laughs> anyway, RCC is an awesome place. And the second year, you start to... Um, go into your field, your specific field. There's three fields you can go in. Portraiture, mm-hmm. commercial photography, or photojournalism. You have to choose one You have one to choose one because okay. they have specific classes for each. True. And so I went into commercial photography, mm-hmm. and I have this awesome teacher, Don Raj Emanuel, and he's sure. a food photographer here in Greensboro. Awesome. But um, his portfolio is beautiful, and it's really nice to have somebody that just likes to have discussion in class. Yeah. He, he loves talking about life and about photography and how to be a better photographer through learning about yourself and through learning about your life yeah. and how to develop good habits for yourself. And those are things that we really focused on in our commercial class. And we also butt heads a lot in our commercial class because it's like eight people yeah. in a really, really tiny room and we all have different opinions on things. And that's been really beneficial too. Yeah, you know, it cool. goes back to governor's school where yeah. we're having these discussions on Socrates and philosophy, and we're, I'm doing that now again, but in college. Yeah. Um, the biggest part about RCC that's been really great is part of your two years, you have to spend two semesters as a commercial student in an internship. Okay. And that's what I'm in right now. Okay. And that internship, ironically, is with Joey, who introduced me to RCC originally from Iron, Iron Hen. So that it is comes cool. full circle. Yeah. Um, Joey has been probably one of the most tremendous benefits to my photography in this area specifically. Yeah. He's been a mentor as a human being mm-hmm. more than anything. And I like I really envy where he is as a person and how understanding he is of himself and like where where he wants to go. And it's it's really beautiful just to have his energy around all the time, kinda inspiring me to be better. Right. Um and so He's he's more than an, an, an like an, a boss to me basically. He's right. he's a mentor for sure. Yeah, and a friend. And it's been really beneficial to be on internship with him because he's let me utilize his creative space and also given me really good instruction on things and helped me on set. A lot of the times for internship, I'm kind of just like floating around on set, helping out as much as possible. Right. And in any avenue, that means the wardrobe people need somebody to steam a shirt. I'm steaming a shirt. Mm-hmm. You know. The grip people need somebody to 
tape up something or the lighting people need somebody to readjust the pack or I need to run around and paint something, yeah. you know, like I, I've been painting the studio the past couple of weeks. And oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Just oh, kind of cool. like studio management. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's important to learn that kind of stuff. And so it's been beneficial for me to utilize his space as a catalyst for how I'm going to utilize my space eventually. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really cool program that RCC offers that I'm required to have actual work experience that goes in my resume. Um, while I'm in school, yeah, I'm paying to have work experience. And so I'd get out of school and I have something to show for it instead right. of just like a little portfolio or a confused state of mind and a bunch of debt. See, Oh, best part about RCC. Okay. What's up? Eight, 800 bucks a semester. That's it. Two year program, 800 bucks a semester, roughly. Oh and then my. plus the equipment you buy, you're, you're coming out of it with, um, paying pretty much the same amount as one semester at UNCG. Whoa. Yeah. That I didn't know. I thought it being as prestigious as it is, I thought we, I know it's a community college, but I thought it'd be a little mm -hmm. bit more expensive than that. No, that is insane. super reasonable. Yeah, unbelievably reasonable. Like, they don't have lab fees or anything like that, but you have to give back. Like, you have to clean your space and maintain well, yeah, it and stuff should. like that. I, yeah, as you should, and you should learn how to do that anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm not coming out of school with $40,000 of student debt. I'm coming out of school with a bunch of professional equipment that I had to buy for school. And no debt. Right. It's We're, a no-brainer. You know, are, are they pretty lax on what uh, gear you're using? Like, do, um, you, do they prefer you have they certain have, brands? They have requirements okay. as far as um, branding. So they want Nikon or Canon. Okay. But recently, they okay. started to buy into Sony's. Yeah. And there's really... If you get an adapter, you can utilize any of the lenses That's the school right. has. That's right. So they have, like, a whole equipment checkout area where mm -hmm. they have a ton of equipment for you to use... But it's um, a very strict system, and yeah. it's very, like, timely, which makes sense because they want to make sure that you um, you don't break the equipment, other people can use it, and you're not just sitting there with it not doing anything with right, it. Right, of course. So they have a strict system for that, which is really good, and it's been implemented for a while. Um, but you pretty much have to have Nikon or Canon geared in order to be compatible with the majority of their equipment. Sense. So... Um, like, for example, the uh, Pro Photo lights that they have, mm -hmm. they're really nice lights, but they have a specific remote for Nikon and Canon, and then they have a universal remote, too. Right. So with the universal remote, it just became possible to use Sony's with it just recently. Oh, wow. But okay. prior to that, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to use the lights if I had a Sony. Right. And so that's the only downside to it. But I honestly like the Sony mirrorless cameras a lot, and I wish I could have bought that instead of my 810 because it would have been useful. Yeah. Um, Those cameras are amazing. They're amazing for their size. They're incredible. Their powerful, video powerful. quality is unparalleled. Um, and Sony makes all the sensors for all of the professional cameras. Yeah. Like those $50,000 phase ones, yeah. they have Sony sensors in them. And so they have the best sensors in the game. Yeah. Because they're going to keep the best stuff for themselves, obviously. Of course they are. <laughs> um, my friends. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so the equipment checkout's really cool at RCC, and they really want you to have Nikon and Canon equipment, basically, yeah. just to utilize their equipment the best. That's perfect. Cool. Cool. So tell us about, I guess, you saw RCC, you're on your, you said you're kind of on your way out a little bit, your mm -hmm. first internship. Um, so first of all, with Joey, um, so how was how stuck was he when you asked if you could be, I guess, an intern of his? Yeah, so the thing with internship is... You have to contact everybody. Right. I've sent so many emails, so many emails to photographers that I admire, 
And the great part about Joey is he's already met me. Right. It's hard to really develop a connection with someone over email, no matter how how much you talk up their work or how much you talk up your photography or anything like that. Right. Just getting someone's attention alone on the internet is difficult because you're not really talking to them. Right. And so with Joey, it was really beneficial to have known him prior to having conversations about internship. And um, I talked to him for a little bit and he was really down to have me as an intern because he likes my work and he likes my work ethic and he knows that I'm going to work hard for him. Mm -hmm. But... And he also has RCC to back that up, right? Because exactly. you know he went there, so he know he knows how it goes, and he knows that I'm not just like some the idiot who doesn't kid. know how to use any equipment. Yeah. I like actually got the education for it, and so that's really beneficial. But somebody in New York has no idea what RCC is, or that I have a good work ethic, right? Based off my photography website, mm -hmm. like how do you how do you get that from there? Other than I have a bunch of work up there, exactly, and so. It's been really hard to nab certain internships that I really wanted other than like emailing over and over and over and over again and finally getting a little bit of a response like, oh, yeah, just contact us here and then maybe we'll talk to you about this and also sell <laughs> us your firstborn child and then also this and this and then maybe you can walk into our room. Right. You know, that's one of those things. And so it with Joey, it wasn't that hard, right. basically. It was just one of those things that you trusted me, boom, internship. Yeah. Now... Getting an internship up in New York has been a little bit more difficult. That's why I want to ask you. Yeah, um, yeah I have that. a family friend up there. Well, actually, he's technically long-distance family mm -hmm. who has a studio up on Park Avenue. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. he's got like, the, the spot. Holy crap. And he shot for a lot of um, beauty magazines and things like that up there. And I've been trying to get in with him. And even that's difficult. And he's oh, family. Right. But, I mean, like, obviously, we're not close or anything like that. But, but still, he's still like, family. You know, yeah, and that's like... still hard to get up and talk to him. So... That just goes to show that being up there, you just have to work so hard to get everything that you want. Oh, that place is a jungle. Yeah. I've heard it was just insane. I mean, obviously, you have the perseverance and determination, you can make it work. But right. even you get an internship, it's like, <laughs> it's like a complicated process. So yeah. That's well, nice. on, more than anything, I want to travel while yeah. I have the availability to do so. For and sure. I don't have a family or anything tying me down to yeah. a certain spot. Um, and so... It doesn't really make sense for me to be spending $1,000 on rent every month if I'm not going to be living in that living place. Exactly. I and so that. I want to visit New York as much as possible and do work up there and photo assist and kind of get my name out there. Okay. But I don't want to live there right now. Right. Um, it's a hard place to live. It's a fun place to live when you're young. But I know I get distracted a lot and probably party <laughs> too much. Exactly. And so that, that would be – Detrimental, probably. Um, and so what I want to do is travel more than anything. Right. I'm going to be going to Italy in February. Ooh, okay. Um, before, is that for school or for pleasure? It's through my modeling agency. Oh. And we're perfect. doing photos for a magazine over there. And it's technically the start of my second internship because I'll be photographing over there, too. Oh, my God. And so I'm utilizing that as part of my internship. That's going to be dope. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be exciting. It'll yeah. be in Rome. And um, I want to go to Florence for a day. Yeah. And then I'm getting like a really big present from my family to kind of travel wherever I want to for a little bit this yeah. summer. And I want to go to Greece really bad. I want to oh, go to the coast of Greece. Oh my gosh, that would be beautiful. And um, spend a couple of weeks there and just photograph people and write things and kind of reevaluate where I'm at and where I want to go yeah. and see if like I want to be in Europe for a while and run around and. I could totally see you. Yeah, be a little backpacker with long hair and a camera. I could see. That would be so great if you could yeah. do that. I don't know. I, 
I, I like the idea of blogging, but I don't think I'm disciplined enough to blog regularly. Yeah. And also, I don't think people care enough. <laughs> people, we don't like to read. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that. people like reading that much. But photos, people love photos. Yes. Because they're yes. instantaneous, quick, and they can either love it or hate it, and yeah. they move on. They keep on going. Keep on super, scrolling. Super simple nowadays. And so I really like the idea of blogging with just photos. Cool. Um, kind of like my Instagram, but a little bit more disciplined as far as the ramifications and specifications I put behind the photos themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also want to travel alone for a while by yourself. Yeah. Okay. I think that'll be a really good experience to get me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Cause I'm so comfortable relying on people for, um, I don't know, just someone to talk to, yeah, you know, basic thing. human, basic human emotions. Yeah. And I like the idea of not having someone there okay. and forcing myself to, be immersed in the culture and the society and different strangers and meeting them. And I think that's going to teach me a lot more than anything yes. through traveling. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm sitting there going around with my best friend everywhere and only talking to them. Yeah. As much as I would love to do that, yeah. I don't think that'll be as beneficial, especially for like my age and my experience right now to do that. Right. Because people love backpacking in Europe and talk, talking about their backpacking trip in Europe, and then they go with their best friend for two weeks and only talk to them, and really they come back anything. home, exactly. and they talk to their same best friend for another two years, and yeah. then they lose touch. So, <laughs> Yo, that's real. I, just, I, I mean, that's just how it goes. And so I just want to meet strangers, yeah. and then I'm going to have some random connection in Greece that I'll always be able to talk about. Like, I made this connection in a coffee shop, sitting there. Talking about art and life and culture and Socrates from Governor's School. And yeah. <laughs> Governor's School was like tied into the whole interview. And I oh, love man. it. Oh, man. It's crazy. It's such a small world like we were just talking about. And um, the amount of people I meet from Governor's School nowadays and how right. much we've grown separately but in the weirdest places. Like I meet means I'm at bars, the grocery store after like years of not seeing each other. Yeah. And we instantly hug and like talk about life. And I don't know. Everybody just had such a good experience there. That it's shaped them into who they are. And so whenever we see each other again, we're like, oh, my God, that experience that we had, we miss you. Uh, yes. It was so crazy. It was so, so crazy. But that's what I want to have. I want to have that while traveling. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm traveling with my best friend. Right. Which sucks because I want to travel with my best friend. Too. Yeah, and you can, there's time to do that. That's yeah. the beauty of it. I mean, you can do that whenever you want. But I think this is that would be a very challenging and great thing to do to go along. You learn a lot by yourself. And experience a lot of culture, and that's yeah. going to be very awesome. For sure. And good yeah. photos, man. Yeah, oh, Location, location, imagine, location. I can only imagine I mean, the photos. Mykonos, all the buildings are all white with blue with blues. Roofs yes. And I see all the, the time. Oh, that's going to be gorgeous. With the cliffs and the water. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm going to have to find models over there. Oh, you? That's be another thing I'll have to branch out for. Yeah. I have to awesome. branch out and maybe look on social media for people who live there. Yeah. So come about the agency. What is – tell me about that. Yeah. Um, it's Three Blackbird Management based yep. out of Mooresville, which is right outside of Charlotte. Um, it's been a really great experience because yeah. my agent, Lee, um, she has been – she's a photographer okay. and a fashion photographer from New York City. Okay. And she mostly did runway stuff up there. Mm -hmm. And she is – a wealth of knowledge and yeah. connections. And so it's been really nice to have her to talk to about certain things. And um, also it's been really beneficial to have models from the agency to use Ooh, for photography. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've utilized them for school assignments. Like they'll come into school and all of us will have like a big day where we shoot models for fashion photography. Yeah. And it's been really nice to have that connection and to be able to bring that to other people. 
Um, as far as modeling myself, it's a side gig more than anything. Yeah, I've seen you know, um, people spend their whole lives worried about it, but it's an industry that's based on such a falsehood of society. <laughs> Be- beauty is constantly evolving, right. and there there's so many trends. Like I, my hair used to be super long, yeah. and then I was signed to an agency that made me cut it. They they actually they, they, they made it. it. Hey, they own hair. my hair technically in my contract, and so oh. if they want me to cut it, I cut it. No, crap. and it okay. sucks because I loved my long hair. Yeah, you know I would play with it all the time. It was cool. It was fun, and then they made me cut it, and I felt like a different person. Like I was losing my baby. And, oh no! <laughs> and they own you basically, and it's weird. It's I'm, uncomfortable at times, yeah. and they can say anything to you. I'm so happy that you said that because I've always wondered why you see models with drastic changes come all, all, all of a sudden sometimes yeah. and they it's because they it's in the contract it's a scheme though man it's totally a scheme because these people these agents that make you change your entire hair after you do that you have to redo your whole portfolio I didn't think about that yeah and so all these photographers that are working in the agency with them oh yeah you have to pay $300 to him to go do redo your entire portfolio it's oh another reason gosh. I love that I'm doing photography, so I don't have to pay anyone to do my photos. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but um, more importantly, it's just one of those things that I feel like they're just utilizing the beauty of young people too yeah. much, and then making them feel bad about themselves, and then utilizing it to make money off them and from their parents, and it's just one of those things that you got to spend money to make money, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't spend all of your money to make no money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of how the modeling industry is. It's a weird, weird stigma. Like Greensboro Fashion Week. I did Greensboro Fashion Week here. Um, really cool people run Greensboro Fashion Week. I like how they run it and I like the people there, but you don't get paid and you spend hours. I'm talking like days basically sitting there and then you walk across the stage for an hour and that's it. And you're not getting paid for any of it other than exposure, whatever yeah. the hell that means. That doesn't feed people anybody. People love using exposure. Yeah, He's laughing because of that crap. It's people. ridiculous. Freelance photographer doesn't mean I shoot for free. Like, people don't understand that. Yo, I love that he said that. That's, that's a, oh, it's a worth part being, I think, worth part being anything creative. It's just that. People yeah. Think, oh, yeah, do it for free and exposure. So that's a big part of the modeling industry yeah. is exposure. Actually, I got fucked over by my own agency pretty much. Not really. I don't want to say that before I get in big trouble, but um, they work with a magazine out of Charlotte, the okay. Face Magazine. Fuck okay. the Face Magazine. Um, <laughs> I love art so much. <laughs> I was tasked to shoot model spotlights for the magazine okay. through my agency. Okay. I shot the spotlights. I gave them double the amount of images that they needed so that they could utilize whatever they wanted. Okay. Let them pull. They didn't talk to me for months. They didn't consult me about the images. They didn't ask me to do anything different, crop them differently or anything. Instead, they did it themselves. They did Oh, what? Yeah. So they got to alter the images. Fine. Their magazine. I get it. They're paying for it. Alter my images. Okay. Put my name on it. They didn't put my name in the magazine at all. No credit. The only thing I was offered was exposure for that job, too. And I was like, yeah, I'll totally do it. I love this agency. I'll do it for you guys. And um, I think it's a good in for this magazine. The only thing I was offered was exposure. I pulled all of the looks for the magazine. I worked with a stylist, a hair and makeup person. Okay. I shot over two days, edited all the photos within a week. They gave me a week deadline, and I did it. To do all that? All that for two two full editorials, basically. (sighs) Turn it over. I look at the magazine at the release event. That's the first time I put my eyes on it, and my name's on the magazine. Were you what? What was going through your head when you saw I was that? Livid, livid. And so I calmed down a little bit. I okay. talked to my agent because she's a big in at the magazine, basically. And she was like, 
oh, I'm so sorry. We'll figure it out. Talk to this guy. He runs the magazine. Send him an email. No response. No response. No response. Send him another email. No response. And then finally, I was like, one, this is illegal. Yes. You, you can't not credit me for my work and then make money off of it. Yes. Um, two, I'm contracted through my agency, but I also contracted these models. So I own those images. Right. You know, like oh, yeah. my metadata is on the digital copies. If mm. you want to look at that copyright, Art Davison, it's in there. Um, and my name belongs to those images. And so you're utilizing my name for free, which by Creative Commons law is illegal. Mm -hmm. And I could sue you. And that's what I'm thinking. But I'm not going to go to battle with a yeah. magazine. You know, mm -hmm. that's just ridiculous. But it's just one of those examples of an industry utilizing youthful talent for their personal gain and not giving back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's fucked. That is <laughs> Super nuts. fucked. Made me really, really mad. And it also made me apprehensive about working with magazines or like thinking about it. And so Perfect. now because I messed up and I trusted people I shouldn't have trusted, mm -hmm. I've gained a certain amount of knowledge to take my time with those things. And it's been beneficial yeah. more than anything that getting fucked over is a beneficial thing. Very beneficial. If you can look at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so that's been kind of weird. I asked them for licensing fees at this point because I was like, all right, you're going to use my images, Pay license me. them out. I'm going to give payment to the hair and makeup person you didn't credit and the stylist you didn't credit and then the vintage boutique that you didn't credit either that I pulled all the clothes from, from. Yeah, because that's what I promised them and that's what you promised me. But nothing. Nothing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm glad you spoke on that because I think a lot of people, they're trying, they're shooting to work with these magazines and these companies and like you gotta be yeah, careful this be cautious exactly yeah and you don't know you really don't know what's going to happen until this happens yeah you and know? that's the problem with working for exposure is if you if you're always working for exposure and then people assume that of you you're never going to get anywhere right or if you're always submitting to magazines and then not getting paid for it and stuff like that like it's really going to hurt you at the end of the day because then you're a free photographer. Yeah. That puts the free in freelance, freelance. honestly, more than anything. Right. And so you got to be really, really cautious of that. And then also a lesson I've kind of learned through that is screw exposure. Ask for anything. I, even if it's $20, ask yeah. for it because you deserve it. Right. It's your work, your time, your effort, and more than anything, you deserve to have gain from it. Yeah. And exposure isn't gain. <laughs> it's not. It's doing I can, nothing for I can me. go on social media and get exposure for myself for free. <laughs> I don't need you to give it to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I, I don't. And that's just one of those things that your time on this earth is limited. Yes. And utilizing it to your best extent is important, but also getting compensation for it, whether whether it be support yeah. Support is better than exposure, honestly. Yeah. If that magazine was blasting my images on their social media right now, Tagging that everything. I would yeah. appreciate. Perfect. And Or like advertising me through their show, you know, saying like, we're thankful for this photographer that gave us these images and talking to all those people. Constantly supporting me is different than a one-time exposure in a magazine. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of those things that I would much more um, – I would prefer and benefit from a lot more. And so, Yeah. Young people, be careful because people are just trying to use you as much as possible. Yes. Thank you for sharing that because I didn't think anything about that at all. That is awesome. But cool. Let's dive into the meat of it, your work. And mm -hmm. I'm super excited. I've been following you for a while and I'm 
been a huge fan. So, um, so you shoot a lot of things, editorial stuff, portraits, uh, street stuff, all that. So what, what do you like shooting the most? Um, I'd say dance photography Yeah, is something that's closest to home for me. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the niche I want to work in eventually. Right. Because I have the dance experience and of I have the vocabulary that I'm capable of running the shoot a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. And it's something that a lot of people don't really have in this area mm-hmm. specifically. I agree. Um, and so that's been really, really nice for me. Um, and then the connections that I have through dance, like through School of the Arts and my friends there and some people at UNCG and things like that and people that I met up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just been really nice to utilize those connections to create beautiful images. Right. And I think that my dance images are my best images, honestly, more than anything because mm-hmm. they speak my emotions the most mm-hmm. and also they um, compositionally kind of pull everything everything together that I really love. Right. They have the elements of movement and of motion that a 2D image usually doesn't have, but mm-hmm. they also have the the elements of raw emotion a lot of time. Like um when a dancer's dancing and they're on the dance floor, they're not thinking as much as you would think they are. Okay. It's more of a release. It's more of a not being afraid of falling. It's more of a relaxation and a good when you see a good dancer dancing you really can see that that they're just releasing their energy yeah and it's really beautiful and to capture that through photography has been a awesome experience and i'm i'm really like thankful for it and so i don't know i think dance images are beautiful and awesome and i love them so much and i'm glad i can do them um other than that i have been doing more commercial stuff recently um I shot a couple of weddings, which was cool or whatever. It's yeah. great money. Wedding industry is insane. We're not going to get into that, but it's insane. Oh, believe me, yes. Um, <laughs> it's kind of new for you, though, the wedding thing. Yeah, brand new, yeah. brand new. I, um, I've um, i done every other aspect of weddings. Yeah. I catered weddings before um, <laughs> with Iron Head. Yeah. I, um, what else did I do? I taught first dances at the ballroom studio. Okay. Yep. Um, I DJed weddings because I did that for a little bit for oh, fun. Oh, wow. Um. Yeah, I've done a lot of things for weddings, and man, that industry is nuts. As soon as you put the W word out there, everything costs a couple thousand dollars more, and people just have this weird stigma that they have to pay that. But whatever. Anyway, (laughs) commercial photography has been cool because through RCC, I've been tasked with assignments that kind of make me dabble in different things, including um, still lifes or executive portraiture, headshots, um, small product photography, or self-portraits even, things that I typically wouldn't do and they've forced me to branch out and do and that's been really beneficial to kind of get my creative style a little bit more unified. Right. Um, The editorial stuff that I did was really cool and like unique and stuff and I liked doing that but I think everybody wants to be an editorial fashion photographer Yes. and so falling into that, you're in a very large pool with a small success rate. Right. And as a person who likes to think about large success rates, I would rather go in like the niche of dance photography. Gotcha. Um, there's this cool opportunity that I'm looking at right now. It's Jacob's Pillow. Okay. There's this like summer dance program at this beautiful, beautiful outdoor dance theater, basically. Oh my gosh, yeah. And Where they, is it? um, I think it's in New York or Connecticut. Okay. I don't remember. Perfect. It's somewhere Perfect. awesome. Um, anyway, there's the dance program where they have incredible dancers and companies come to train and perform and they have an internship opportunity 
for a photographer, a dance photographer oh, dude, yes. that documents all of their dancing, basically. And also, they have a workshop there with three like really high end dance photographers during the summer. And I think I'm going to try and do that this summer. So oh, that's kind of like my next step in dance photography is making those connections with the professional dance photographers, but also making more connections to the dance field and specifically getting my name out as a dance photographer. Right. Um, Lois Greenfield, have you ever heard of her? I have not. She's an incredible dance photographer. She's been around for a really long time. She shot back in like the 70s and 80s, oh, uh, some of the best dancers in the world. Yeah. And like Merce kind of uh, – just I can name names for days <laughs> of the amount of wonderful people she shot. And she's artistically one of the best dance photographers I've ever seen in my life. Oh, she up. follows me on Instagram. so Oh, dude. Heck ha- yeah. Halfway there. That's sick. Um, but I've been trying to really get in, into an internship with her. And she has like a really, really big studio and she gives a lot of workshops and talks. And so I'm trying to find my way up there. So if Lois Greenfield listens to this, I love you and please let me work for you. Yes, please Um, hire art, man. Yeah. So that's kind of the steps I'm trying to take. Um, Just working in the dance photography business and branching out that way and working as hard as possible and making as much work as possible because that's how I kind of learned my style is just constantly working seeing something I like and then branching off of that. Yeah. Um, putting out as much work as possible is important, getting feedback on it from people, people that yes. aren't dancers, that aren't dance photographers, yes. that know nothing about dance. Yes. yes. Those people are the people that give you real feedback. Yeah. How they actually feel. Yeah. Because they anything see something, they're like, oh, they don't give a crap if it's an attitude in the back or like on <laughs> yeah. and on. They don't care about those things at all. They care about what the image makes them feel. Right. And getting that feedback is super cool. That's awesome. So I'm going to your process a little bit. With the dance, yeah. portraits, the weddings, is all of it in general. So, what's your process before you're going into these sessions, and even after maybe like post production? Like, what do you do? You know what you're going to capture before you get there, right? You, right, right. How do, how do you go about that? Um, RCC has kind of refined my process mm-hmm. because before I was like, yeah, let's just go shoot and bebop around for a couple hours and yeah. do our thing. But now I've become a little bit more streamlined with it. Okay. And what I do is, I'll pull a mood board. With, like, inspiration from different shots or colors or a piece of fabric that I like or some poetry that I read that really spoke to me. And those all have ties together. Those images and that mood board all has a tie together for the shoot. Mm -hmm. And it kind of um, is a basis of – it's like the foundation of a house, basically. It's It's the inspiration and the foundation for the shoot. And then from there, I will get the models or the required tools as far as stylists, hair and makeup people, all of that. And, um, the space, obviously I'll scout out a location or I'll use a studio and, um, I'll kind of think about how this mood board ties in with these people and what I can get out of those people that relates to the mood board. And it's very specific. And sometimes it's really, really difficult to have this grandiose idea in mind that this is what has to happen in the shoot and then not, not to achieve it. Yeah. And so I also come into every shoot with the mindset that I don't know what's going to happen and it's okay to not know what's going to happen. And like halfway through it, it might turn to a completely different shoot. Yeah. You know, that's fine though. That's the beauty. Next thing I know, everyone's half naked and we're doing nudes, you know, like that could happen. And being open-minded like that is super important to your work. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how the shoots start, basically. So with the foundation of the mood board and then getting the people together. And then from there, the structure of the house is really the shoot itself. Okay. And being able to direct people. And 
I like to direct people very specifically. Mm-hmm. So like I'll say like 30 degree tilt of the head or like follow your nose with my thumb, things like that. Excellent. Those are good tools that I use to really help people. But I also sometimes just say emotions or like I'll read the poem or something like some, something weird, Yeah, you know, like get them thinking about something else or I'll always have music on. God, if you don't have music on during a shoot, you're, yes. who are you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that's been kind of how everything goes with shoots. So the structure is the shoot itself. And the thing I found the most about that structure is if you have a specific image in mind, always look for the image before and after that. Okay. And what I mean by that is if I have a dancer, let's say they're doing um, a falling lunge, okay. right? I can shoot them three times in that falling lunge. And most likely the better image is the one that's before the one I wanted to get. Oh, very interesting. That, okay. t- that typically happens because of exploration and exploration and comfort between the dancer and you. And it doesn't happen immediately. Okay. And that can happen on any shoot, any portrait shoot, hell, even small product shoot. I could sit there and shoot, um, shoot some cologne, right? In a little bottle. Mm-hmm. And then I could go in a little bit tighter and get a little detail that I didn't see before. And that could be the shot. That's the shot. You know? And that's something that you have to always be open-minded in your shoot and be available to explore. And so getting so structured and so worried about the structure of this house isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Right. And so I kind of let it be free flow sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then post-production. Mm, this is the thing I struggle in the most is yeah. the discipline of post-production because yeah. there's a lot that goes into it. Data asset management, making sure your files are properly, properly um, put in the right folders and saved and backed up. Um, going through batch processing, making yeah. sure the exposure is proper and going through and making sure that the image looks the best that it can look and yeah. then retouching, which takes hours and makes mm-hmm. me want to die because I'm sitting in front of a computer screen <laughs> for hours, hours and hours and hours. That's like your post on a Tom, oh, you have any, like man, 12 hours. 12 of hours. <laughs> my, my eyes burn at the end of the night sometimes <laughs> because I'm just like dead from staring at the computer screen. Um, yeah, so that's probably the hardest part is the yeah. retouching. I can't stand it. And when I'm wealthy enough to outsource it, I will. Absolutely. Would you outsource oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Hands down. There's so many incredible retouchers. Yeah. And you just give them a list of what you need and they do it. It's that simple. And honestly, yes. that's one of the fields that's most hiring in photography right now from what I've heard up in New York and big places like that is retouchers. Yeah. And so if you love staring at a computer screen for 12 hours, you got a job for me potentially. And you also have to know Photoshop and have discipline in Photoshop and know that you're not going to know everything and it's okay to Google things. Yes. You know, that's, yes. that's something they tell us at RCC all the time. Google. Google it. It's the answers, you don't know are, the answers it, are there. Google it. Spend yeah. time learning it by yourself because a lot of times you're going to be by yourself learning things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the structure of my shoots. Um, that's awesome. There's little nuances here and there. Yeah, everything, every shoot is going to be different. Yeah, completely, yeah. completely different. I like to do consultations with portrait clients typically mm-hmm. prior to the shoot. So we'll go like on a little coffee thing for 30 minutes and talk about ourselves. And that way I get to know them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And also it's important to see them. Yeah. Every human being has a different face shape. Well, okay. There's specifically like four or five face shapes, right? Yeah. And knowing their face shape is really important to know how you're going to light the subject properly so that they look their best or like their best side, basically. Like that's actually a thing. It's really important. And so getting to know them and meet them and talk to them, but also like, 
kind of analyze them like a crazy person is important for portrait shoots and that's something i do all the time that's awesome yeah, yeah that's some like insane knowledge there <laughs> that's cool and everyone does it so differently you know some people for like, sure just, you know i think it's good that you sit down with them it makes also make, makes them a little more comfortable that, super important that's so important when it comes to actually working with them because you know it loosens them up and yeah. I'm stiff and yeah. I'm nervous and, you know, it's funny leave. all the technical stuff of photography is actually the backseat yeah like it's definitely on the back burner for a shoot you need to make somebody comfortable and yeah. happy and emotive and capable of really bringing out life in a photo and to do that you need to be comfortable with them yeah. you can't just sit there quiet the entire shoot and move your head this way and do this. You're not going to get anything from those photos. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, even when you meet someone on the street, like street photography too, mm-hmm. making eye contact yeah. could be one of the most important things you do for a street photo. Definitely agree. Um, it's the it's the little things like that that set good photographers and bad photographers apart, really, more yeah. than anything. And like nowadays, there's so much bad photography. Oh, I could talk about that for days. On <laughs> how watered down photography has become, and imagery in general, and how misutilized and misplaced people's emotions on photography are and the problem with social media there's it's like a disease almost yes um but it's also an incredible tool if you yep. use it properly uh yes i definitely that it's definitely uh, you know i think people are out there for photography looking for like a quick I guess jump to fame Mm-hmm. And that makes it so watered down. You know, people are out there just trying to get money and shit. You're you know never going to be famous from photography, and I'll say that until the day I die. Yeah. You will never become famous from photography <laughs> because photography famous is not fame. Yeah. It's not. Uh, even the best, like Lois Greenfield, yeah. literally the best person in her field. You had no idea who she was. You're right. No, that's a perfect example. And, like, people people love saying, like, Andy Warhol or, like, Robert Maplethorpe. Yeah, the big... Those are nuances yeah. in photography. And Robert Maplethorpe was an artist. And, yeah. uh, honestly, if he hadn't died young and wasn't a huge LGBTQ advocate, he probably wouldn't be who he was. Yeah. You know? I, he was a great photographer. No one would have known him for his photography if he wasn't a crazy motherfucker, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy Warhol, same thing. Crazy you know? ass dude. Crazy motherfucker. Yeah, and true. people didn't know him for his photography, really. They knew him for his pop art. Yep. But people love saying, well, he was a famous photographer. Get the fuck what? out of here. There's no. no such thing as a famous photographer. And I'll say that until the day I die. There's accomplished photographers and successful photographers. Yeah. But you should never go to photography thinking you're going to be famous. Right. And also, why would you want fame? God, you want people sure. following you to the grocery store? No, yeah. hell no. I want to go to the grocery that. store and enjoy my time. Like, <laughs> I want to frolic in the yeah, grocery store. I want to go out in public. I don't want to <laughs> hide myself and have everybody know my life. Yeah. Like, Fame is such a weird thing to want to yeah. accomplish. Um, I want to be successful and happy. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. And, you know, yeah. for everyone trying to, you know, you know, as you kind of know who you are, kind of get into it because, you know, the trend aspect of trying to get known mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. just stay away. Well, nowadays there's the stigma of social media fame, which yeah. is not real fame. Uh, I don't care who advertises <laughs> that it's real fame. It's not. Um, and everybody wants to be social media famous. Yeah. And they think that it's going to grant them all these answers and like Doesn't all the wishes that they want in the world. But people forget that happiness is not money or likes on a photo or exactly. followers. So people got to calm down with that bullshit. Yeah. A like, little bit. That's so great because some, some people with all these like followers and likes are just, just sitting at home doing really nothing. 
Yeah. They're not doing that as awesome as you think they Granted, are. I pay really close attention to my analytics because yeah. I have oh, a business page. Should. Yeah. But that's for my business. Right. Not for my well-being of my psyche. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like I, I do that because I want to see who's looking at my work and why Where they're looking from. at it. Exactly. And I use that as a tool f- to target people for my photography, basically. Yeah. Like, okay, this demographic of people is looking at my work. They probably want to shoot. Yeah. How do I, how do I go into that niche of people and figure out how to get more money from them off shoots and make good art with them? Like, how do I do that? And I use analytics for that. And the people that follow you give you analytics, give you free analytics, which is a huge tool as a young, small business. Yeah, Um, for sure. And so, People that are so bogged down by likes and followers, they're not looking at it the right way. Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. not like you got to use it as a tool and not as something that de- defines your self worth. Yeah, that's actually a great segue because I'm talking about how you market yourself. Okay. And obviously, you talking about analytics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But how else are you marketing yourself? This uh, kind of get you out there. Man, um, word of mouth. Yeah. Is huge. Yeah. Is huge. Um, but also you have to be careful with that because. Rumors spread very quickly. Very true. Very, very quickly. And so you have to be careful with the people that you trust with information. And you have to be careful with how you conduct yourself. You know, like I I can't – I can't treat any shoot the same. Yeah. You know, I can't go on a wedding shoot and curse my ass off and run around crazy and play (laughs) trap music. You know, I I can't do that. Yeah. And so – and also I can't promise them things that I can't deliver on. Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm going to get your wedding images to you in a week Not when I know it's going to be a month. Yes. I, I can't do that. And so you have to be careful with things you promise and how you conduct yourself. And so that's a huge part of marketing is their word of mouth is what's going to get you jobs. Yeah. And how you conduct yourself is their word of mouth. Yeah. That's great. I think day. that's photography other than social media and like having a website and stuff. That's like yeah. that's the best way to get there. Instagram is also like a business card for me, <sighs> like an yeah. online business card. And so when I meet people, I show them my Instagram and I make their connection there and then I have their name and I can message them whenever I need to. Yep, and quick. so it's a really good tool to utilize for marketing uh, more than just analytics. Um, what else do I do? I talk to a lot of people, mm-hmm. talk to strangers all Networking. the time. Mm-hmm. I, I love – like even just someone in the grocery store that I think is like creative and interesting, I'll just strike up a conversation and then next thing I know we're talking about photography because yeah. I always segue into that yeah. with my life. Um, <laughs> you should. Yeah, that's – I'm obsessed. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I, yeah, I, those, those I do things. that. I yeah. mean, it's funny. People know me as camera art more than uh, uh. Art Davison in Winston, and I think that's kind of funny. Like, I even have people – I would work at Crafted, yeah. and I'd have people come in and, like, address me as camera it's art. Like, yeah, camera art. <laughs> it's, it's like, like – oh, it's so funny. Like, I'm art. It's yeah, I guess I art. branded myself <laughs> enough, but whatever. That's a good thing, though. People know. You know, people like that's, – that's Yeah, a good, that's, no, it, it's definitely working. not a bad thing. It's, yeah. it's validation for me to keep working the same way I am. For sure. Which is good. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I market myself. That's perfect. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Website. Oh, always updating your website. One of the hardest things to do is keeping it updated. Yes, it is. Make it a habit. Make it a weekly thing. I try – I have um, the system set up where I do – where I resize my images for web. And so I'll put my favorite images from the week into a folder under a resize week five or week six or whatever week mm-hmm. it is. And then when I get time, I'll go back to that folder, resize them in Lightroom or whatever program that I'm using at the time 
and then I have them ready for web for when I want to re-update my website. And then I'll have something like 40 images compiled that are already resized, ready to go on my website. Mm-hmm. Boom, update my website, and then put that out there that I updated it. Exactly. And get views, get people looking at it, get people seeing that you're doing work, that you're yes. constantly producing something. And that's really beneficial for marketing. Yeah, I think people neglect that because people are so dependent on Instagram and all that. But your website should have the your bulk of your work. A lot of stuff on oh, your yeah. website is not on your Instagram. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's good. Yeah, it's good to update both. I've been bad with that too. I've had my passive. I'll make sure uh, make sure I update. So both of them very frequently. Yeah, because they're both pretty beneficial. Because most people like looking at Instagram. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, people who are old school is like I want to see his website. I want to see the flow of everything. Right, right, and right. It's right. good to know both. That's awesome. I also want people to realize that like I'm saying all these things, but I don't always do all these yeah, things. Yeah. It's hard. It's very difficult. Yeah. I have a lot of self-doubt. I mess up a lot. Like, I fail a lot. I'm not, like, this grandiose, incredible person that's a miracle worker in photography that knows everything. Like, I don't. I just don't. Yeah. And nobody does. And the people that do think they know everything are the ones that are going to fail first right. and fail the hardest. Um, always happens. happens and like so, like, I, I may be saying all these things, but I don't want people to get the wrong idea that I'm always doing them properly yeah. or, like, I'm I'm right no in perfect. any way. Like, yeah. that, I'm not necessarily right about the way I'm doing things it's just how I am yeah. doing them <laughs> and so yeah I just don't want anyone to get the wrong idea but yeah, yeah for sure perfect so you've talked about a few mentors um, Joey and mm-hmm. uh, the dance photographer Lois Greenfield yeah yes so who else maybe like another three that kind of stick out to you that's mm. kind of helped you out the most inspirational wise are we talking like specifically it photographers, have to be photographers or just no, like this could, this could hu- be human beings? Human beings. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. People that inspire me, gosh. I mean, it's gonna sound really cliche, but I love my grandfather. <laughs> oh, dude, no, that's that's fun. Yeah, tell us I why. love my grandfather. Right now, I'm actually living with my grandfather. I moved back in, so I've been living on my own for the past like four years but mm-hmm. I moved in with my grandpa because my grandma recently passed away okay. and his house is kind of empty and I wanted to kind of fill that void a little bit okay. and that man is just so cool like yeah. he's just a boss um, used to be an engineer supported yeah. his family through the collapse of the Soviet Union oh wow like yeah. lived a crazy crazy difficult life and is just so full of happiness and energy um, he just He's a really incredible inspiration to me because he's always willing to be there for anybody. Mm-hmm. And he he's he can't really speak English very well. Okay. So we speak Russian in the house. Right. And it's kind of like a mix of Russian and English, and that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, but he's still willing to talk to people. Yeah. You know? Like, he, he he's uncomfortable about the fact that he can't speak English. Right. Comfortably. But if someone addresses him, he's going to try and talk to them. I love that. And it's just its just his personality. It's just so full of love and happiness. Um, he's a great example for how a human being should be. Right. Uh, it's been really hard with my grandma passing away for him. Okay. It's been really difficult, and right. I can see that visually. And so to be there for him is really important for me, but also to see, like, how much energy he still has. Like, he's always doing things. Yeah. It's crazy. He works with his hands a lot, and he, like, redoes these cool frames, and he finds little knickknacks at thrift stores and redoes them and, like, refinishes them, does furniture, wants to, like, just be happy and collecting things. If you walked around the house, 
You'll have to come by sometime, but it's just like yeah. filled with knickknacks. It's like a museum. It's incredible, <laughs> um, the things he finds and finds joy in. And so he's a huge inspiration to me more than anybody in this world. Um, as far as photographers go, I mean, there's so many great photographers that I get inspired by. But with photography, I'm more inspired by people that are willing to fail instead of people that do the same thing over and over again. Awesome. Yes. So there's a lot of like really stylistic photographers that set up their lights the same, set up their studio the same, shoot the same kind of people over and over and over and over. And it always looks great. Mm -hmm. It always looks fantastic. They have it dialed in. They know what they're doing. That's awesome. You're a professional. I get it. That's your thing. I prefer people inspirationally that are willing to, sacrifice the comforts of a studio or sacrifice the comforts of what they know yeah. and who they know and how how to discover things and the people that are going out there on the street so like uh daniel arnold i don't know if you know that name I do not. he's a new york city street photographer okay best street photographer i've ever seen in my life like that dude Perfect. gets these crazy images on a little 35 millimeter camera like little teeny tiny uh, 35 millimeter camera really? with a flash on it. Yeah, like a Simple. contacts or something like that. Yeah. And these images just speak to life. They remind me of Robert Frank's The Americans, the book that he made. Oh, and um, yes. Arnold Daniels is just really incredible. And he's one of those people that's always exploring. And that's something that inspires me more than anything is the people right. that are constantly exploring their work and their environment. And I think that you don't really get that as much with studio photography, but you do get that with street photography. And it's funny because I'm not that much of a street photographer, but I love looking at it. And yes. I'm really inspired by it. Um, Joe Greer. You know that name? Joe Greer. I don't know uh, on Instagram, he goes by IOE Greer. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. He's, he's in New oh. York now. He was in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know that. That dude is a boss. Yes. That dude inspires me tremendously because yes. he keeps a stylistic element throughout all of his photos. Yes. I, but yes. he's always exploring. He's always looking for new things and... He's always in a new country, too. I don't know how he manages that. He's just a really good freelance photographer. He is damn good. He's so good. And his work has a, have, his work has incredible emotions. Like, you can get something out of all of his work and mm-hmm. feel something instantly, whether it be the color tones, whether it be the expression or the subject or the location. Like, there's emotion in all of it. Yeah. And that's a huge inspiration. Yeah, it's cool because sure. he actually shoots his wife a lot. Maddie? Maddie, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. They're just a beautiful couple. Yeah, they, they really are. They're happy, are. they're in love, really and that's like, that's another thing. Like, Joey and his wife, they're so happy, so in love. Their children are beautiful, and that's like a huge example and inspiration for me. And like, I'm super envious of this incredible life that he's built for himself through hard work and just love. Like, it's all based around love. And so that inspires me a lot to be a better person basically and to love a little bit more um happy people like you you're happy you're so happy all the time it's just so awesome (laughs) you like exude happiness into other people and it's awesome to be around you and so meeting people like that is super beneficial and inspires me more than anything because like i'm a little cynical on the inside (laughs) and being happy is a little bit harder sometimes yeah but, like, I don't like to force it either. Yeah, for sure. And so meeting people that I can clearly see don't force it, that inspires me to not force it. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes me happier. And so, yeah, that's that's those are my inspirations. Dude, people you, like dude. you, Daniel, you're my inspiration. That just warms my heart. And I'm blushing, black blushing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. So 
All right. So what we at the at the very end of it all? Yeah. What would you, what would you like to be doing? Um, I have some lofty like life goals to yeah. um, open up an art school. Yes. I really want to open up an art school, but I want to do that when I'm older and have plenty of connections to back me up. Yeah. It'll be a nonprofit and it'll be really focused oh, ooh, on okay. non numerical systems for evaluation, but rather on evaluation through interviews and discussion and learning about yourself. Yeah. And the school will be based around a renaissance arts education where you're focused on more than just one arts field because Everything. that's the thing that's benefited me the most. Like yeah. I I played cello for a while when I was oh, cool. in school and it's a beautiful instrument but the things I learned through music are different things than I learned through dance. Right. And they're different things that I learned through photography. Yeah. And all those things utilized in one have shaped me into the person that I am. And I want to develop a place where people can do that for themselves, but a place where they're not worried about this weird societal stigma that these numbers evaluate who you are as a human. Right. And so to do that, I'm going to need a lot of connections and I'm going to need a lot of backing and I'm going to need a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, so yes. <laughs> all, all, all of those things are important um, and it's going to take time to get there. But that's yeah. one of my biggest life goals for sure is to make a creative space for creatives that are willing to branch out and make themselves better through renaissance art education dude yes yeah. with your experience perseverance determination i think that is very easy for you to do and i can't wait for you to happen because i'm yeah. gonna go and hang out there wherever it is i don't we'll care where see. it is That's we're gonna probably so gonna be cool. old ass crusty men but we'll do it <laughs> yeah we're still gonna be kicking it though <laughs> yeah it'll be awesome no i'm i'm really hoping that achievement will happen in my lifetime and it's one of those things that i hold as like my biggest life goal, I think, yeah. is to create a space like that as an impact for this world because yes. it's important to have spaces like that and more people that are willing to do that. I would love that. Yeah. Well, cool. So winding down here, my favorite question, of course. Um, well, not real question, but whatever. Um, your advice for the up-and-comings and advice for people who are yeah. in Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've kind of dabbled in my advice along our conversation, but basically yeah. Yeah. be cautious of things but also be open always open to new ideas new possibilities new friends keep an open mind but also always think about what you're doing and yeah. why you're doing it um a, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that i've met have a hard time understanding why they do things yeah and that's a specific ideal ideology here in north carolina mm -hmm. and i think that's something that you really need to explore more than anything with people is why you are doing what you're doing, why you believe yes. in what you believe in. Yes. Um, yes. Whether it be politics or religion, like why do you believe in that? Why is that what you feel? And explore those feelings. And then through that, you can really understand yourself more than anything. And so my biggest advice is to always explore, always be open-minded and always question. Yes. All right. Yo, this has been an extraordinary interview. This has been so fun. I hadn't... I could, talk, so, I could talk for days. I we know. Could, we could do this so, for a century. It, it flows so well, <laughs> and I definitely think the listeners are going to appreciate everything you have to say about the agencies, working for um, interning, and just working for just whatever. Yeah. So that's cool. awesome. I cool, think cool. you're going to do everything you want to do. It's going to be... You're going to get to do it. It's going to be great. I can't wait to watch it happen. And I'm glad we have a great friendship. Dang right. So where it's can we? It's budding. It's flowering into yes, a beautiful it's friendship. Better every day. Yes. Um, so where can we find you on the interwebs? 
Okay, um, so you can visit my website to see my full portfolio, which is mm-hmm. www.artxart.work.work. It's mm-hmm. a little different. Um, my Instagram is at camera art. It's camera and then underscore R underscore T. <laughs> a lot of specifics here. I have a Twitter. Don't look at that. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> I have a Facebook. It's Art Davison. And then through that, you can find my photography page. Um, what else? I would give out my number, but that'd be kind of creepy because I'd probably get some weird texts. No, nah, I won't do that. We'll take um, it. We'll just do those. I mean, it's on the internet, so if you really want to find me, you can find me. It's very true. <laughs> well, guys, please follow Art, support Art, hire Art, hire me. Yes, yes, he's for a, all of your photography needs. He does everything. He's everything fantastic. Everything in the world. Thank no, you. No, don't hire me for everything. Yeah, don't hire him. Hire someone there, else. There's, I have standards. <laughs> Yo, thank you again, man. No problem. It's been great. Thanks, Andrew.